Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater for today. Today is Friday, December 25th, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 16, the first paragraph beginning with an alcoholic in his cup. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Janice N.O., the 12 Traditions, Isabel F., and reading the literature today are Iris G., Melissa C., and Lisa H. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contribution, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice N.O. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. This is Janice N.O. from Pennsylvania, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive our readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. And thank you, Janice N.O., I will now ask Isabel F. 
to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Isabel F. from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in a group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and the OA name ought never be thrown into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And thank you, Isabel F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the, the big book on page 16, paragraph number 1, beginning with an alcoholic in his cup, through two paragraphs which end, through us we perish. We will focus our comments on the second paragraph. And I will ask Iris G. to begin reading. Hi, this is from New York, recovered compulsive overeater. An alcoholic in his cup is an unlovely creature. Our struggles with them are variously strenuous, comic, and tragic. 
One poor chap committed suicide in my home. He could not or would not see our way of life. There is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. I suppose don't be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity. But just underneath, there is deadly earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Okay, so I just want to focus on um, about faith. And I just want to share a little uh, story about how, uh, you know, every year my daughter goes with her grandmother um, in Florida. And two years ago, she went, and I remember thinking, oh, she's going to go, and I'm going to be able to relax. But, of course, I ended up, you know, binging on everything in the airport. Um, And, you know, what happened was Christmas Day two years ago, I called Vision, and, um, you know, it was unbelievable. I mean, before I made that call, I was thinking everything, oh, my God, suicide, I can't go on. And my life totally changed with that phone call. And when we see here, it says faith has to work 24 hours a day because, you know, then food was my master, but then actually, you know, God became my master and faith. And, you know, when it says that there's a deadly earnestness, um, you know, there is because you have to work this program, I mean, 10 steps, you know, every day, every second. And sometimes with my fellows, we just laugh and say, did you ever think it would be like this? Because, you know, it's, it's sometimes you feel like you need uh, abstinence anonymous. But um, all I can say today is that, uh, you know, this program and having God in my life has changed my life. And uh, I thank God for this program. Thank you. I pass. And thank you, Iris G. And we will be focusing our comments on the second paragraph. Now, who would like to comment for approximately three minutes? This is Bella Kamesha. Larry. Did you hear all the interference? I have Bella and Larry. Anyone else? Okay. Good morning, Bella. Get us started. Good morning. Thank you. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankfully covered compulsive operator. Thank you, Santa, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Faith has to work 24 hours a day, in and through. Bella, we don't hear you. Oh, I am sorry. Thank you. I was talking and talking and talking. I'm sorry. I was unmuted. I was muted. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankfully covered compulsive overeater. Do you hear me now? I sure can. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Santa, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Faith is to work 24 hours a day, in and through us. Yes, this is the program, and this is doing the steps, the faith. And this is all the steps. We start with step one, to accept and admit I am powerless. And, you know, 24 hours a day when things are going good and, and you know, Everything is going well. I have to remember it's nothing to do with me. 
It's only because this is what God is giving me. It's all presents from God. When I, you know, I do a mistake or when I have a resentment, when I have a fear, it's also faith. Well, Bella, you are not perfect. Nobody around you is perfect. I am limited. And I did a mistake. It's character defect that I have to work on them. And it's again, again, a faith to believe that I am connected with God and God is perfect. And, you know, I have the steps to deal with this. Step four, step ten, you know, all the steps. And when I have those challenges, it's again, it's nothing to do with me. All those challenges are not because I am bad, because I, God wants to punish me. It's to give me the opportunity to stop, to pause, and to say, well, Bella, where are you now? With whom, with what you are connected, with your ego or with the power of God? And if I am connected with the power of God, you know, it's again, God trusts me. And I have, I have again the steps and the tools to talk with God, to, to strengthen my connection with God, because faith is 24 hours. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Bella. And I need to make a correction. Uh, comments are open to share on both of those paragraphs. So we're in the paragraph before that and the paragraph that was just shared on. You may comment on both paragraphs. And next we have Larry Kay. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Santa. Good morning. Uh, this is Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, I, I got here uh, to this program pretty much on emotional life support, you know. I mean, I was fat, uh, that's true, I was tired, I was wounded. But eventually, um, I found my way to a face-to-face -face meeting where, you know, I, I could hear the laughter prior to the meeting. Uh, I, I'd see a bunch of uh, smiling faces, um, men and women, women who, who seemed to be enjoying life. And I have to say, I, I, was, I was indeed shocked at the levity I saw in that room. I mean, here was about, you know, 70 adults, young and old, who, who actually appeared to be happy to be there. You know, a bunch of nutcases, I, I was convinced. Um, I wondered how they, they weren't ashamed by their predicament. You see, I'm, I'm in a profession where, where people carry a, a stigma for having to seek help. You know, and um, so it, it wasn't long, though, before I observed that once the meeting got underway, those very same people, you know, they... Uh, you know, they were, you know, they were laughing and smiling before. They became de deadly earnest when talking about this practical program of action. And just like me here every, you know, every morning on this line, they spoke about the, the grave nature of, of this disease. I heard about the problem. I heard about, about the solution. And I heard about how to bring that solution to light. And I, I saw and heard about lives being transformed. You know, they weren't talking about a, a program of contemplation and analysis. They talked about taking some definitive actions that led to gaining access to a power greater than themselves. And this was kind of a revolutionary change for me. You know, I began to undergo go a, a sort of internal paradigm shift. You know, all my adult life, I, I believe that talking about our core problem issues, 
you know, those, those sort of unresolved internal conflicts, that's going to result in, in bringing that stuff up, you know, stuff to your conscious processing. So you, it'll give you mastery over those problems. That, that's what I thought. In other words, if you could just come to grips with those deep-seated psychic issues in your unconscious mind, you're going to get some relief and you're going to behave better. Well, guess what? You know, if you're a true compulsive overeater like me, with an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, you see what I've learned is traditional therapy for this particular malady is like taking an aspirin for stage four cancer. You know, it's, it's, it's utterly the wrong treatment. And, you know, you may get on the line and, and, and get, or get off the line this morning and feel better. Just keep coming and, you know, and, and that's good. If that's, just, you know, if you have a desire to stop uh, drinking, great. You know, and, and that gives you a little bit of relief. But you're, you're treating the problem with, um, with, the, with, uh, with an aspirin. You're putting a Band-Aid on a mortal wound. We need to take the actions and then you'll have your own spiritual awakening sufficient to arrest this disease. Thanks so much for, for, uh, for allowing me to share with that. I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. And for those who are just joining us, we are on page 16. Um, we're commenting on the first and second paragraph. Who also like to comment for approximately three minutes on those paragraphs? Rakesh Z. Vasa O. Janice M. Tom M. Okay, this is who I have. I have Kessa Z, Tom M, Vasa O, and Janice M. Okay, Kessa, good morning. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things I want to comment on these paragraphs. First one is faith. Faith, we have to have faith 24 hours a day, and that was really new to me when I came into program when I suffer from clinical depression and when I get depressed it's like the whole world comes to an end. I just want to die curl up in a little ball and just disappear from the planet and that's how I always felt I always felt so so awful and I would a lot of the times I would eat just because of the way I was feeling and today is so interesting that when these things happen to you. I get depressed, you know, and not for any reason. It doesn't have to be a reason. And when I feel bad, emotionally bad or anything, I could say thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I know this will pass. It always has. It has always passed, and I know this will pass. And that's what I just keep saying. Thank you, God. I know this will pass. That is a complete, complete change for me. When I used to feel bad, it was... The, I thought I was going to die, that I would never, ever, ever feel any way other than that, how bad I was feeling at the moment. And, of course, that led me to eat. So today, thank you, God, I know this will pass. No matter how bad I perceive something is, I have to thank God. I have to thank God that I know this will pass, good times will come, and then, you know, it's a it's a curve, it's a wave through life, ups and downs and ups and downs. So... That has really helped me a lot when, I, when I'm when i not feeling good. Just to remember, thank you, God. I know this will pass. And the other thing about the longevity and the, and the laughter, you know, on the phone, we can't hear people laugh. And but when I go to face-to-face meetings, there are people, it is, there are things that 
make people laugh, and I think it's great, absolutely. And it's not because I'm laughing at somebody. It's really because we're laughing with someone. Like, how crazy was that? Yeah, I could do that. And also I heard once that we laugh because we hear something that we never thought of. That's what makes us laugh, something we never thought of. And um, that that's true for me. And there's always a lot of um, people on the phone that share. And I laugh, and nobody can hear it, of course, because I'm on the phone. But, uh, you know, it's really good. It's really healthy. It's a kind of laugh that I'm laughing with you, not at you. And I am just like you, just like you have done those crazy things, insane things, you know. And at the time, I could never perceive them as insane or crazy. But now I can, and especially when I hear somebody else talking about them. So this is a wonderful program. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for everyone on the line today. And I pass. And thank you, Rakesh D. And good morning, Tom M. Yes, good morning. How are you today? This is Tom from New Jersey. You can hear me? I sure can. Okay. So I'm you know, I'm I'm just so grateful to be on the call today. Uh, as I read that faith has to work twenty four hours a day in and through us when we perish. And um you know, I, I broke my abstinence last week and and I realized that it was because, you know, that you know, I, I didn't allow my faith to, you know, to be present twenty four hours a day. And um you know, I'm looking at today, you know, we're here celebrating uh Christmas and uh time of year with a lot of festivities and food galore and all kinds of junk in life, you know, trigger food has always been sugar. And um, I just realized that I know that in order for me to to continue to move forward in my life, that I, I have to be, you know, faithful to the step, you know, the step work and, and also being committed to um, making sure that every single day that I turn my life and I will over to the care of God. And, um, and just trust, you know, I think that, you know, my, my biggest issues over the years has been that, you know, some things I would give to God and other things I would keep, you know, keep to myself, to, you know, to do. And I realized in order for me to really make this thing work, I have to turn everything over to him. And um, and really just kind of be like a child who has faith in his, in his parents that things are going to work out. And so I realized today that in order for me to really have, you know, the life that I want to live and uh, to experience all the miracles that the big book talks about that I have to have faith and trust and know that God's going to carry me through. He does carry me through all the time, even though I don't think, you know, I may think not, but that's the case. And um, just grateful. I, I'm so grateful for a vision for you. Um, it's just been such a wonderful uh, lifeline for me. And uh, just thank all of you on the, on the call who give service every day. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Tom M. And good morning, Rasta O. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. And I am grateful, recovered, compulsive over Ida calling from uh, Florida. And uh, I just, I'd be dead today if I did not find over Eda's Anonymous and the big book and the 12 steps. And again, before I came to, this was my last hope. This was my last try. 
when I was into the food addiction, I felt I was dying anyways, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, but I didn't know. I just did not know what was wrong with me, you know. And I thank God every day for bringing me in the program and for putting the people in my life that being able to help me. And uh, I, I, um, I had a, friend, a person I sponsored like 25 years ago. She did really good, and she pulled out from the program. And we've kept in touch over the years, you know. And she, come, she came just maybe here and there every once in a while, struggling with the food addiction. And I remember her calling me and telling me, Vasa, I beg you, don't break your abstinence because I'm having such a hard time, you know. And she passed on uh, a week ago last Sunday, and here we're in Florida. And I kind of waited, I, hoping maybe she'd pass on before we came down to Florida. But it took another three or four weeks, I just found out the other day. And it killed her. It really killed her, and I didn't want to die. I listened to her because I have, I have heard all kinds of stories, and I've seen people, what happens when they pull away. But anyways, for me, faith has to work 24 hours a day, and through us, or, or, through us, or we perish. I don't want to perish. You know, I don't want to die. As I said, you know, yeah, today it's a holiday, so what? To me, it's just another day. I'm going to eat my food plant that I um, I eat, I've done over the years, and I have a help, help. I mean, I feel sad about my friend, but it just teaches me to stay in with the program. And uh, I thought I was going to die. I, I was 41 years old, and I didn't think I was going to live till I was 45 years old. Well, 29 years later, I'm still alive and happy and joyful person. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Vasa. Oh, good morning, Janice M. Yes, good morning to you. Um, you can hear me, right? Yes, I can. Yeah, good morning to you uh, and everybody on the line. Happy holidays to those that celebrate today. And I am Janice M., and I'm from Massachusetts. Yes, I am so grateful to be here that God woke me up this morning and gave me another day on this beautiful holiday. Um, you know, Bill, this is Bill's story, and, you know, I was just recapturing, because we're coming to the end, and, I'm, I'm, you know, I went back to the beginning of his story, and, you know, he was looking for love and applause and, um, you know, laughter, and uh, so I said to myself, gee, yeah, now what, what happened? And, you know, the word earnestness, it, he tells us, you know, we beg of you, we beg of you and how it works to be earnest with all, you know, the word was used prior to me uh, about begging. We, we, with all the earnestness at our command, see, that's a command, that we beg of you to be fearless and thorough, uh, thorough from the very start, which means, you know, get into these steps, the spiritual way of life. So now we see that Bill went through all his, what he had to go through, and he, he, he had a spiritual awakening. And we just talked yesterday about um, a, a compulsive overeater in the food is an unlovely creature, you know, like Bill. He, he, uh, nobody, he became a lone wolf. And um, I became a lone wolf because this disease is isolating. Um, I didn't care about anybody. I just wanted my food. So now it's telling us, it's teaching me that, yeah, 
okay, if you don't do this, you could commit suicide because of our selfishness. So now when we have this spiritual way of life, things change again. We're back to the fun, the fun that we used to have, supposedly when we were eating compulsively with the people and the fun and the traveling and the food and the drinks and the gaiety and and, and all that. But that didn't work for us. But today in the spiritual life, once I found this fellowship, I I was never isolated again. I had fun. I had, I had, um, uh, uh, but I had to work. I had to work for it. You know what a swan looks like? I always thought I had this in my, in my column here. Um, a swan on the lake. We have a Boston common here, and there's swans. Um, and, they're, and they're just so calm, and they're just going along. But underneath, their little feet are going, 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 going. And that's what we do. And uh, we do it because we're not doing it ourselves. I give my success to my higher power. And so, you know, I don't rest on my laurels. I don't rest on yesterday's accomplishments because I've done that before. Oh, you know, I did that yesterday. It's this today, so I don't have to do this. I don't have to work with somebody else today. Well, (laughs) this program says every day, every day we must carry the vision of God with us, no matter what day, because this is a one-day-at-a-time program. And if we don't, I'd just be the type that would slip right back, and I don't want to die. You know, I want to live. And there is a lot of fun here, fun, 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 Um, even though we work diligently every day. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Okay, and thank you very much, Janice M., and thank you for everyone who shared so far. We're going to move on. For those of you who just joined us, we're on page 16, and we're at the last paragraph in the story, and I'm going to ask Melissa C. to begin reading. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, Most of us feel we need look no further for utopia. We have it with us right here and now. Each day, my friend's simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. Wow. Uh, So good morning, everybody. This is Melissa Stay. Um, in New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. And, oh, I have, like, such excitement to read this paragraph. Um, I was hoping that we were going to get to it because it's just a perfect, you know, perfect way to begin, um, you know, the holidays. And, uh, yes, I need look no further for utopia. But, you know, I have it with me right here and now. And, um, you know, what hope and how true um, it's here in my life today, all around me, in the people I love and touch each day. I feel so lucky and so blessed. And, you know, this is unreal for me. This is like in direct contrast to what I felt like when I crawled in here. You know, I once felt unlucky. If I would have described myself, I would have said I was unlucky and cursed, <laughs> you know, and... um but today, I'm living in utopia, and, you know, what has changed? I've changed, you know. God has changed me. Um, 
you know, I have I have a job I love, and um, I used to go to work and see what was wrong. You know, I saw everything that was wrong there. And today I go there and I just see an opportunity for me to give. Um, I have a beautiful family, um, beautifully flawed, just like me. <laughs> I have many friends in and out of this fellowship. Um, I've mended relationships, things that were once damaged and I thought were beyond repair. You know, I've, this program has given me an opportunity and a desire to fix my part. And and then I give service every day. I have purpose in my life, you know. When Bill says that this simple talk in his kitchen with his friend multiplied into a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men, I mean, that couldn't be a truer statement, you know. In my own recovery, I'm one of millions I know that I've been able to touch people in a widening circle. I'm completely different in the world today. Um, I'm so grateful, you know, I'm going to have holiday here in my house. And, um, yes, there's going to be food all around me, but it has no, I, I have no interest in it. What I'm interested in is the love that's here, um, you know, and even on the line today, all this love on the line, and, and I've availed myself to people. I know today's going to be a struggle for some, um, and I'm so grateful that I could be of use. And uh, thank you. With that, I pass. And thank you, Melissa C. Thank you so much. And who would like to comment on what was read? Nancy Ara. Nancy Ara. Reva P. Kim G. Sue P. Kristen Lynn S. Mary K. Okay. Uh, what was that last name? Mary K. Okay, listen to us, Dotton, and please include the initial of your last name when you share. I have Chrissy, Nancy, Reva, Kim, Sue, Lynn, and Mary. Anyone else? Nessa R. Nessa. Leah M. And Leah. All righty. That's, that's good. Okay, Chrissy, get us started. Good morning to you. Good morning. Hi, this is Chrissy M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. Um, this, I, I just love the, that there's no coincidences that we would, we would read that last line peace on earth and goodwill towards men because it's it's indicative of this of this holiday that I celebrate and I I've every time I've ever heard that line and I've heard it many times before in in reference to the Christmas holiday and what our intentions are and what we what we pray and hope for in this world it always seems so out of reach and outlandish Peace on earth and goodwill will towards men. It was, it was a nice, it was a nice gesture, but I never really saw that in practice. And the first time I was in a twelve-step recovery program as a young woman, and I saw people helping each other with no motive, um, people sincerely caring about each other, sharing at meetings, different trials that they were going through and people asking about them, asking after them, you know, how so-and-so, I know he was struggling with that. 
and really caring. That to me, that to me, that is. I don't have to look any further. I remember saying, and it it seems like such a such a silly thing to say now in hindsight. But I was 22 years old, didn't have a family, never never moved out on my own yet. And I remember turning to my aunt who helped me get into that program and saying, you know, if I died right now, it'll be okay. Because I found what I was always looking for. I I always thought that if I had, you know, if I, if I was a certain weight and I had a certain uh, lifestyle, that that would make me feel what I feel when I walked into my first few meetings. That, oh, now it makes sense. Everything for me now makes sense through the lens of this program. I have purpose. I um, have satisfaction. I have um, contentment. And, and it's, it's, it's not what I thought it was. Let's just put it that way. Um, and with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Chrissy M. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, good morning, Santa H. And my name is Nancy Ira. I am a grateful, recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm just so grateful uh, for an opportunity to share this morning. Uh, I looked up the definition of utopia, and I really chuckle because it's, uh, uh, it's pretty long. But part of it says, and imagine society portrayed in fiction, uh, how the desirable uh, community or society that possesses the uh, near-perfect qualities. And then it goes on and says that it's fictional. And I, I just chuckled because I said, wow, that described uh, the way I live my life. I was always setting the bar, you know, whatever this utopia was, I didn't realize what it was. I really couldn't define it, didn't have a definition for it, but I was always seeking this perfect state of being. And one of the qualities that I had defined was me being slim like my mother, being thin like my mother, and not uh, obese like my dad. That was one of the qualities that I had set. And the other was um, uh, no matter what I accomplished, uh, it was never good enough. It was never good enough. Uh, I got an undergraduate degree from a state college, so then I had to get uh, a graduate degree from a private, more prestigious institution. And uh, even, you know, once I got it, you know, as long as I was aiming for it, you know, if I was on a new diet and I was going to, you know, as long as I was aiming for this state of utopia, and even when I reached it, I, I never was satisfied. So let me go back and get another degree. Let me try another diet. And this is how I lived my life for so many years, searching for something that the dictionary says is non-existent, that's fictional, utopia. But I can truly say today I think I have found uh, a state of existence that's more satisfying and more pleasing than anything that I could have imagined. I found a state of contentment. I'm content with my life just the way it is today. Uh, I don't have to reach for any outside externals to make me feel happy. Um, I celebrate Christmas. My husband doesn't. But in uh, 
in respect to my uh, belief system, he asked, what, do you, what would you like for me to buy you for Christmas? And I told him, absolutely nothing. And I, I really meant that, there's, you know, I have enough stuff in my life. Uh, the, you know, I have what I want, you know. I have a relationship with my higher power that I just never envisioned. The way I live my life today is the greatest gift that I could ever receive, the freedom from this merciless obsession and the joy and the happiness I find in the fellowship. I, I, for those of you who celebrate the holiday with me, I wish you uh, a happy holiday, and I wish everybody just a good day, just a good day. And thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Nancy R. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Um, I also want to uh, share on this sentence, we need look no further for utopia. I was always searching. I was always looking under, around, never through. But I was always searching for the fix, something that was going to make me feel right, something that was going to make me feel comfortable in my own skin. Um, it was the food, um, but with the food down, um, as we've you know heard, I just get restless, irritable, and discontent. Um, always searching, always searching outside myself for what was going to give me that awe, that ah, uh, you know, now I can relax. Um, and it's interesting how this is the last paragraph because we've come all around for, within Bill's story where in the beginning he was searching for that external fame and wealth and, you know, look at me, I'm so great. And once he's gotten through the steps, he doesn't have to look anywhere because it's an inside job. Um and I can have external things and be absolutely miserable, which I proved uh, through this disease. Um, and I also love how he says, we have it. It's here. Like God is here, right here and now. And that reminds me, God is in the moment. When I get into the future or the past, I'm off balance. I'm off the beam because God is only right here and now. Um, and then the simple talk, multiplying and widening. That's a reminder, you know, we just read in a paragraph or two before how somebody who couldn't accept the program, didn't do the work, committed suicide. Um, and this is um, a good reminder. I need to do the work because the only way I can have faith 24-7, the only way I can have contentment and inner peace is through the work of the steps. I don't just meditate and, like, leave the steps over there somewhere else and enter you know, this um, spiritual state. I have to do the work. I have to remove the blocks. I have to develop the relationship, you know, do all the steps. Um, and then recovery multiplies. And it multiplies in my life, you know, in all areas of my life, and it multiplies to others as I carry the message. But it's also a reminder um, not being in recovery multiplies. And there was somebody in Toronto who used to always say, you know, our disease is doing push-ups on the side. I have to keep upping my program, doing the work, moving forward, um, because I don't really get a choice of stagnating. I either move forward or I go backwards. And if I do move forward, it's just widening and widening um, to these things where he's thinking of the peace of the world and good towards men, which is totally the opposite of the way Bill was speaking at the beginning of his story. Um, so I'm so grateful for the program, and with that, I pass.
And thank you, Reba P. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I just want to talk about that my friend's simple talk in our kitchen. You know, society tells us if we're having a hard time, the, the answer is to take care of me. Self-help, self-this, you know, get, take care of yourself, you know, self-care, all those different things. And, and our book is telling us when we reach out to another, that's when we find relief. So I'm just going to channel my inner Sally A for a minute and give you some page numbers. You know, on page 89, it says practical experience shows that nothing will so, so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with another alcoholic. Even in the prefaces on XVII, um, it says, this seems to prove that one alcoholic could affect another alcoholic as no non-alcoholic could. It also indicated that strenuous work one alcoholic with another was vital to permanent recovery. And then on page 124, in the family afterwards, it says, showing others who suffer how we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile to us now. Cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert misery and death for them. So it's letting me know, as wonderful as the fellowship is and the power, I think of the power of a vision for you, 300 people on the line searching for recovery. You know, going to a retreat and feeling that power, going into a large meeting that is healthy, that power. But let me tell you that when I really feel the power of God, because I can tell you, I don't really feel, it's difficult for me to feel and, and, and experience God in and of myself. But when I'm sitting down one-on-one with someone else, that's when I can feel the power of God working through me. That one-on-one work is absolutely so essential. You know, I just want to share, like yesterday I was at my family's house, and my mom's in OA, and she's asking me because I speak a lot. She's like, well, do you find yourself saying the same stories over and over again? I said, well, Mama, you know, I, I, I look for those stories that affect people, how I can affect somebody. And I told my story I've told many a time on this line about pizza, you know, having a half a pizza and then putting it in the refrigerator, waking up in the middle of the night and getting it, and then wrapping it in tinfoil and putting it in the trash and pulling it out of the trash, and then just simply pulling it out of the trash, and then putting Ajax on it and still eating it. And my dad looked at me, and he goes, oh, come on, Kim, you're making that up. I said, no, Dad, I swear. And he's like, oh, come on. Because he doesn't understand because he's not a compulsive overeater. But when I sit down one-on-one and tell another compulsive overeater that story, I can avert misery and death. So as powerful as large meetings are, as powerful as the fellowship is, it's letting, Bill is letting us know that simple talk in his kitchen, as much as he has started this fellowship for millions, what he's ending his story with is that simple talk between him and his friend affected his life. And that's how each and every one of us can affect someone else by that simple talk one-on-one, one alcoholic helping another alcoholic. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Good morning, Sue. I thought I heard a Sue. I guess I didn't. Uh, What about Lynn? Are you available, Lynn? Good morning. This is Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada. I'm uh, just sitting here, and we're at the end of Bill's story, and I'm just looking at the last three paragraphs and it sort of talks about somebody who ends up committing suicide 
And then we're talking about the faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us. And then this marvelous last paragraph where it talks about utopia, and we have it right here and right now. And it's, um, it's just amazing to me. Here we are Christmas morning. I was reflecting back, thinking this is my 26th abstinent Christmas morning. And it's just... It's just a miracle to me, and sometimes we wonder, why do some people get it and why don't some people get it? And often I know we say that the message is weak and we've not got the message out right. But this one line really gave me peace about this, sort of, not that we're not going to continue to do our stuff, but some people could not or would not see our way of life. And sometimes for me, when when program is broken down to something as simple as that, it helps me not want to convince or show people or pound it or preach or all that stuff because that doesn't work. We know that doesn't work. But the simple program of one compulsive overeater sharing their experience, strength, and hope to another, somebody who exemplifies program physical recovery, which is so important with us. There's nothing anonymous about being a compulsive overeater or an anorexic. And so somebody who's showing physical recovery, spiritual and emotional recovery, by putting the food down and working the steps, it's a wonderful thing to see. And what I love about it is this is a heart program, not a head program. We have it. We have it right here and right now. So I'm just sitting here being so grateful. Everybody ahead of my share sort of said what I wanted to say, but it's oh so true. And here we sit in recovery, helping one another. What a marvelous gift for Christmas morning. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Lynn S. And a second shout-out for Sue. I believe it's Sue P. This is Sue P. Oh, there you are. Good morning. Hi, Hi, thank you so much. Oh, this is Sue P., recovering um, compulsive overeater from Connecticut. And um, I really like where it says um, we have it with us right here and now. And, um, you know, I often look into the future and thinking, well, you know, it's out there, it's out there. And from what everybody was sharing today, um, you know, it's right in my heart. And, um, you know, I I thank my higher power for that. And I'm going to be over my family's house. Uh, for the holiday, it's um, going to be difficult because there's um, so much stuff around. And um, but I am going to make some calls and um, pray. Thank you so much, and I pass. And thank you, Sue P. And good morning, Mary. Uh, good morning. This is Mary Kay, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater, just for today in upstate New York. Um, I'm smiling as we're on this page in this last paragraph. In the last sentence, the last words of of this first chapter of Bill's story, peace on earth and good goodwill to men. What I'm smiling so broadly at is words that that the God of my understanding has given me many, many times in the recent days that my plan is perfect. And I don't think this is an accident we're here today. The um, 
that when we rest in him and we do the work in doing in doing the, the work of service and get out of ourselves, um, lives are changed. Other people's lives are changed as gifts to us as as well as our own lives then become changed as long as we continue to put down the food. And I just wanted to, to finish with a tradition that has been brought into our family um, <clears throat> at this time of year. It's, this is the last excerpt of Maya Angelou's amazing piece uh, read at the lighting of the 2005 National Christmas Tree. We angels and mortals, believers and non-believers, look heavenward and speak the word aloud. Peace, we look at our world and speak the world word aloud. Peace, we look at each other and then into ourselves and say without shyness or apology or hesitation, peace my brother, peace my sister, peace my soul. And thank you God for this program of OA and thank you God for for everyone on the line, and I wish you all a wonderful, abstinent day, and I pass. And thank you, Mary Kay. And Nessa, good morning to you. Hi, good morning, my fellows. This is uh, Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, and uh, it's all been beautifully said, what I wanted to say. I wanted to uh, comment on the uh, um, phrase, multiplies itself in a widening circle, because what, what, what in my mind makes it multiply is carrying the message, which to me means keeping the food down and staying recovered by continuing to consistently, persistently work the steps and um, and then um, sponsoring others, you know, going to not only to strong meetings but to weak meetings so that we can sponsor others and others can recover and then they can sponsor others who will recover and that's how how's the how the um, how the circle how the circle widens and and um, and the message the message multiplies, you know, um, and I need to do this. I need to do this for myself because. I know that the moment I stop thinking about being of service to God, being of service to others, carrying the message, I will revert back to what I was, which means thinking solely about myself and my little plans and designs, um, which will eventually lead me back into the food to a weight of almost 200 pounds on a, on a small frame of five one. Uh, being miserable, uh, making everybody around me miserable, and eventually, I have no doubt, um, you know, death from this disease. So uh, I, I view sponsorship crucial uh, as crucial. Um, don't delay it. Um, you know, if you're, if you're nervous about uh, sponsoring others, if you think you don't have time, please make time because um, this is the most important thing that we do. Is the only thing that... Um, grants us immunity from reverting back to to what we used to be, and I know that if I go back to what I used to be, I would die, and I definitely don't want that. I would trade um, the best day um, in my past for the worst day in my present any day, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Right, thank you, Nessa R., and thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour immediately following closing. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, 
followed by the serenity prayer. I will ask Lisa H. to read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Lisa H., um, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Memphis. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great offense will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.